Welcome to Books and Beyond with your hosts, Karen and Louisa. Join us for half an hour of information, entertainment, reading recommendations, and beyond. Brought to you by Auckland Libraries. I know this girl, and she works in a library, yeah. Kia ora everyone. We have a special guest on Books and Beyond today, Dawn McMillan, author of many memorable children's picture books and countless educational readers, has driven all the way from her home near Thames to our Auckland studio to celebrate with us the success of her book, I Need a New Bum. Well, actually, it's her publisher, Oratea Press, who are putting on the celebration. And I am just so grateful, Dawn, for you to taking, to taking out your time to also celebrate with us today. So, kia ora Dawn. Kia ora Louisa, thank you very much for inviting me here today. That's, I'm so grateful that you drove all the way from Tens to be here too. I'm so, so, um, so honoured actually. So, a bit about the book, I Need a New Bum, I love saying that title, <laughs> has been a New Zealand favourite since it was released in 2012. Uh, we, we all knew it was funny and entertaining, and if you haven't read it yet, um, I think the title says it all. It is funny and entertaining. And uh, I think it also did well in Australia too, didn't it, when it Yes, it did well out. in Australia, which was really exciting, and of course it, it did well on the home front too, so I was very pleased about that, and really um, Ross was pleased too. Yes. Uh, oh, the Ross, the... Um, Ross Kinnaird. The illustrator. Amazing man. Very talented. Yes, yes. The, his illustrations really are Very funny. It. Yes. I like, I like the red cheeks, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasised cheeks on them. Um, they're blushing, aren't they? They're blushing, yes. Mm. Yeah, well, all the cheeks in the book are, are blushing, I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here we go. <laughs> So, um, then late last year, following the success of her reading The Wonky Donkey, uh, also a New Zealand picture book, uh, The Scottish Granny, um, I'm not sure if all our listeners are aware of The Scottish, Scottish Granny, but uh, she, um, following the success of her reading Wonky Donkey to her grandson uh, on YouTube and the whole world sort of tuning in, uh, she then read I Need a New Bum. And um, it's now had over 600,000 views, I checked recently. And so now the whole world is in love with I Need a New Bum. <laughs> it's all very exciting. Actually, Louisa, it's had 26 million views. Did I get that so wrong? No, no, no. There are, there are different um, oh, channels. Yes, yes, yes that's it, right. Yeah, and the main channel is 26 million at the stage. 26 million. million. Wow. Unbelievable. Wow, I can't comprehend that because <laughs> when I, I did, I've watched it twice now and um, the thing with the Scottish granny is that she starts off reading the book so well and you think you're, you're listening to the reading of the book but actually she starts laughing and giggling and she doesn't really get much of the book read, does it? <laughs> no, and, and have you noticed the look on the, on the baby's face? The baby is totally bewildered. <laughs> yes, I know. It's like the baby is an accessory to this really uh, funny. form of entertainment. But it does. It, if you want, um, if you need a moment to pick yourself up, I, th- I really highly recommend listening to the Scottish granny reading to her grandchild. She, she, just, she is delightful. It's infectious, isn't it? It is indeed, yes. I did notice that um, when watching um, 
her reading I Need a New Bum that the baby was actually um, very interested in Ross's um, artwork. Yes, the baby was actually reaching out and touching the box. He, he, was, <laughs> he, he started to ignore the grandma, his grandmother after a while and was really um, interested and as she turned the pages he would reach out and touch the illustrations. Well, Ross's illustrations are incredible really. They're so they, they, they look simple but, but they're not uh, and the very fact that they are clear and colourful um, and they just are so alive. People love them. Yes, I know. And you've done quite a few books with Ross, haven't you? Yes, yes. We started off with uh, Why Do Dogs Sniff Bottoms way back in <laughs> 2002. That was love our these titles. <laughs> that was our first book together. And I wrote that book for my dad, who had told me little bits of that story when I was a child and said he couldn't remember the rest. And then I discovered that he actually was telling me a huge fib. He could remember it really well, but it was too rude. And ah. when Dad was dying, I decided I would write a children's book from that story. And Ross did the most amazing thing. Ross couriered down large, because Dad was losing his eyesight, and Ross couriered down large, coloured prints, rough prints for Dad to see. Oh, that's lovely. So it's, that's, there's a story in a story. Yeah, there. yeah. Yes. And uh, what, what happened to those large prints then? Oh, I think they're at home somewhere, but I mean Ross moved on to do final final prints. Yes. yes. But they, they must be quite um, stunning, you know, something for the for the wall, a children's <laughs> bedroom wall or something I'm picturing. You know. <laughs> um, so how did you meet Ross then? Because uh, when I was chatting with Peter Millett, another children's author earlier, um, or in December, um, I, that was one of the questions I, I put to him was how do you how does the author and the illustrator hook up so I, I'm really quite intrigued with these backstories. Right well it's, it's the publisher that, that introduces you to the, the illustrator. Um, usually you get a sample of the work to make sure that, that you like it too and because the publisher's already really been quite selective as to um, who they might uh, have do the work so uh, as an author you get an, an, an example, a sample of the work and if you like it and you're happy, then it's all go ahead. Wow. So Absolutely. it's a, a real partnership all yes, round. Yes. Mm. And so you, it must work really well for you and Ross because how many books have you done together oh. now? I knew you were going to ask me that, (laughs) and I forgot to actually check, but we must have done about nine, I think, or nine or so, maybe ten. Oh, well, keep it up, because they really are. We we intend intend to do that. (laughs) So um, the success of I Need a New Bum has just been amazing, hasn't it, since the Scottish granny um, uh, read it (laughs) on her YouTube channel. Um, So... I've found some stats. 25,000 copies were sold in the UK just in December. That's just one month. Uh, that was last December. And soon it will be, well, it's about to be published to two of the world's largest population countries, China and Brazil. So um, these are extraordinary numbers that, you know, really well done. We have to celebrate them, don't we, uh, Dawn? <laughs> I was going you. to, um, I wanted to know then. Um, so, uh with these astounding numbers, how does this newfound exposure and success feel? I'm, I'm a bit, well, I'm overwhelmed with it really in that it's so unexpected. But it doesn't really interfere with my ordinary life. I mean, I've always got another story ticking over in my head and that's where my focus is really. I'm very excited 
for the publisher because Oratea is a, an amazing company to work for. So I'm very excited about that. And it is exciting and a bit breathtaking and a bit unbelievable, but we just get on with what we do, don't we? Yeah. Hmm. So do you know how the Scottish granny came to read I Need a um, New Bum? Oh, that's an amazing story because I don't think I would have been... I don't think I would have been inclined to send it to her. I think I would have been a bit shy about doing that. But I was um, on a tour down in Christchurch, a Duffy book tour, uh, while this was all going on, quite unaware that Peter Millett, my friend, author friend Peter Millett... Oh, had this, and my friend Peter, your who friend I Peter, yes. last month. Well, I was, he decided that really the Scottish granny should read I Need a New Bum. So she, he sent her, her a copy. Oh, um, I didn't know that. No, it's re- well, I didn't know I could either. have asked him about it. <laughs> I didn't either, but there you go. That's what New Zealand authors and illustrators do for each other. We, we support each other. Um, it's a small country, a small market here. Um, and so we, we support each other in, in what we do. Which is great. Yeah. So the first I knew of it was sort of a call from Peter Millett saying, I think the Scottish granny's going to read your book. And I'm thinking, well, how did she get it? And then I found out that he'd been the culprit. He sent it to her. Yes, he sent it to her. He he went through a a book depository, I think it was, online and got a, a copy sent to her directly. Good on him. He oh, tracked her down. Because I remember that he... he um, he had During my chat with him, him, he actually spoke to Sir Edmund Hillary at some stage and I remember asking him or he volunteered the information, you know, how did you find him? Oh, I just looked him up in the phone book. He's very resourceful. That sounds like Peter. <laughs> so yeah. he found the Scottish yes. granny and so, that's how it So happened. it's all his fault. Wow. Well, thank you, Peter. Thank you, Peter. <laughs> Good on him. But you've written so many books. Um, there are the funny picture books, as we've discussed, like New Bum. But there's also the fiction, non-fiction readers for schools, yes. um, historical stories. And now the bilingual Te Reo Māori and English children's picture book, there's a tui in my teacup. Um, I think it's very beautiful. I love the illustrations in this one. Uh, the illustrator, you haven't... Um, Partnered up um, no. this time uh, with um, with Ross, but you've uh, you've partnered up with Nikki Slade Robinson. She is a, a brilliant artist, Nikki. She's a very nice person as well, and she has a completely different style which suits that book. That particular story wasn't really matched with Ross's work, so that's why um, Nikki did that work. Oh well, I mm. think the the illustrations are beautiful, and um, it's also funny. You know, <laughs> it's a funny it's a bit read. crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yes. And um, th- what I noticed is that readers are learning about Aotearoa's native birds while reading and having fun. That's what I experienced while Good. reading it to my um, to my seven year old nephew. So that was very clever. Well done. Oh, thank you. Where did the idea for "There's a Toy in My Teacup" come from? Uh, well, my neighbour, my neighbour Ralph, said to me about five years ago. Why don't you write a story about a tui in a teapot? And I thought, goodness, all right. But I had no idea of what the story was, and I had to wait. I had to wait the five years before the story came in, and it just sort of happened one day. So 
I can't really explain that. Yes. Oh, well done. Actually, I've keep saying to in a teacup, and I've just looked at the illustration properly again. It's like, yes, that's right, Louisa. It's a teapot, not a teacup. Well, the um, teapot's a little bit bigger. Yeah, well, Tui's quite a large bird, <laughs> so he doesn't fit. But there is um, there's the pukeko, which is one of my favourite birds, um, in the pantry. Uh, do you mind if I just read a little bit? No, and Nikki gets up too. And the readers can't see what Nikki has drawn, but oh, she's got fabulous. a pantry full of things starting with P. Yeah. So she's done so well. So each time you read this, there's something new to notice in Nikki's illustrations, isn't and there? practice the phonics. Yes, mm. exactly. That's Alliteration. What, mm. So Pukiko is in the pantry. He's looking at the eggs. Oh no, there they go. He's knocked them with his legs. And then we have the um, the Maori version, which I will not attempt to read out, but my nephew did a great job the other day when we read it together and um, it was a nice shared experience for us to take turns reading um, the story and enjoying the illustration. So thank you for, there's a toy in our tea pot. And thank you Ralph, <laughs> our neighbour, for just dropping that into my brain all that time ago. Yeah. And- Something happened eventually. Did he keep reminding you? Yes, he kept saying, when are you writing the the story about the Tui? And I kept saying, Ross, I haven't got the story yet. You just have to wait. And and so when when it came out, of course, I gave him a book. Yeah. Yeah, Of course. He deserves that. He deserves it. So especially where you live near Thames, I imagine the bush area, I'm picturing the bush area there, must be full of... um, Native? Oh. Do you have a local tui yourself? Oh, we we live almost under Bahutakawa trees, so uh, we have lots of tui friends, and they do all sorts of mad antics, including copying the telephone. Oh, do, yes. <laughs> how do they do that? Well, don't ask me how they do it, but I know sometimes I've thought the phone's been ringing and it's just been the tui. Oh, wow! Yes, yeah. so cool. <laughs> That's cool. Actually, there's a story there, isn't there? Yes. Another book. Can it, <laughs> it can might it, take me another can, five can books years. Can Beyond be credited there for that idea? <laughs> <laughs> so, but I wanted to also ask you, is, uh, is it a favourite, uh, the Tui book, or is it possible to have a favourite when you've <sighs> Louisa, written I, so many? The children ask me this all the time. They ask, you know, what's your favourite book? Oh, I and know, I'm I tell, a kid. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so am I. Um, so I always tell them um, that usually my favourite is the la- the latest one. Ah. But if I really think back about favourites, I think my very favourite was the first one that was ever published called Sea Secrets. And I was so amazed at the fact that it had been accepted for publication. And so so excited i think i've still got that feeling so i'll say that's my favorite oh of course yeah mm. the, the, the first that memorable the first, first. Yes. Yes. scary scary mm. was it um was it easy to get it published what was there was there a journey to the well i was experience? very very lucky i think i think it's all about timing sometimes to get started and there was a story whether it be true or not that the uh the script was the envelope was opened by the secretary and she read it and said to someone you have to read you have to publish this 
I've got no idea whether it's true, but it's a great story. Yeah. Mm. Oh, we have we've got her to, to uh, thank. This. <laughs> if, if, it, if it's true, but <laughs> but it's a great story. Yeah. Uh, perhaps she pictured herself reading it to her own children or grandchildren. Oh, I wouldn't know. Yeah. No. But anyway, that's so. That's probably my. That could be another base, book. Baseline favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a favorite of yours. Oh, and, okay. Um, I didn't actually. I know the book. Um, and when we were, you know, chatting about bringing you in to chat with us, uh, I hadn't clicked. I just remember this extremely moving book, um, Color the Stars, which um, you published in 2012. And. Um, so I was first introduced to it by a children's librarian uh, when she uh, sort of said to me, look, if you want to um, read something to the children around the theme of um, diversity and inclusion of all children and, and peoples, um, this is a great book. Uh, so I, we had it in the library and I picked it up and read it in my tea break. Um, and I was so moved by it and became quite emotional that I actually had to have an extra long tea break that day. Um, that so was a very good excuse, wasn't it? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I will leave you to tell um, people a bit about colour um, the stars, and just in case I get all emotional again, because it's very, it is a very beautiful book, and I wanted to know where that idea came from for it. At Wyoming, where I live, we have a very beautiful stream that goes up the valley, and it's a great place to go walking. And I've got a special place up there, uh, a, a, a pond with banks and ferns and punga, and every, it's a be- beautiful place. And I quite often sit there and have a, a think about things. And I was there one day and I just had this feeling that these boys were sitting on the bank with me and the story just started to emerge. So that's how that came about. It's extraordinary. You So the, mm. the names of the boys is Isaac and Luke, Luke. isn't mm. it? And so Isaac can see, is it? And Luke, Luke can't. can't. Yes. And Isaac... But um, we don't say that in the book. No, that's really interesting because when reading it to to children, I watch their faces and I just see how they get it as I go along that he can't actually see. Yes, and that's the mm. that's the one of the moving and clever clever parts to to the book is that it's just slowly dawns on us what's happening here, and um, yes, and so young Luke experiences what it's like to feel and see the colours that they that they go through. So thank you for writing that book. I mean, I was born with a blind left eye, so um, I'm always, um, you know, anything to do with sight. I, I used to work for uh, um, the Fred Hollows Foundation, which um, addresses blindness in the Pacific. And so um, I'm always, you know, very interested and taken by anything that... Um, uh, raises blindness awareness. So thank you for that. In fact, you helped the Blind Foundation. I, I do donate to, from that book to the um, Blind Foundation. And also that book has been published in Braille. Oh, I didn't know that. So that's that was a... I, I felt really honoured about that. Yes. I felt really honoured about that. Oh, I, I, I'll look out for it in the library. Mm. I'm sure the library would have a copy. But... <laughs> Um, so how did you become a children's author? Well, it's a bit of a mystery, really, isn't it? <laughs> when, I was a chi- when I was a child, I, I wrote a lot. I was 
a sick child and spent a lot of time um, in my bed or a hospital bed. So I had this wonderful imaginary world. I mean, my my quilt was just a, a maze of valleys and hills, and I had imaginary people all in this little world of my own. So I think I was sort of trained um, in that respect. And then I wrote quite a lot of stories and poetry when I was about eight or nine, ten, twelve, around that time. Then we got really busy with school and uh, teacher teacher college, then got married and had kids and then got remarried later and had more kids. And so I was really too busy to, to write. Uh, then we moved up to, kids grew up and we moved up to the Thames coast and all of a sudden the place seemed full of stories. So that's, I started to write them. Wow. You, so you've always been, because you're busy with your writing, but you've always been busy then. So oh, yes, just, yes. Yeah. <laughs> But they, they just, you know, it's it's all around. I mean, there are we live next door to a park, so there's plenty of people to, to watch. We live in a great environment, so there's lots of environmental things I can bring into the stories. Mm. And, and so... Lot, lots to draw from, from that natural yes. environment. That um, I, I know that, that road from Thames to Coromandel is very stunning, the, mm. the coastline. It's a scary so we, road, though. <laughs> You get used to it. <laughs> it's not for the faint-hearted, that road. <laughs> oh, well, it got all washed. A lot of it got washed away in the terrible storm of last year. So, uh, yes, from Thames to our place has been, well, and further on, has been rebuilt in many ah, places. So ah. it's not quite so scary now. Ah, perhaps there'll be a book about road building next <laughs> along the way. So do you, so you used to teach? What age children did you used to I've teach? I've taught... Most age groups, but probably my favourite area was sort of years three, four, five, six around there, um, and I loved I loved my teaching time. It's hard work, but it's it's great. It's yes. a great career, and I do miss it. Um, I miss it, but and I think that's why I enjoy visiting schools so much because there are the children, all these people that I've missed so much. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I noticed on your um, your on your website, you've got a website um, that you have a ask a question page, and um, in fact, on the home page of your website, you actually invite people to visit you at your home. I know, and I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I make them hokey pokey biscuits, which really? I do. They really do come and visit then. Yes, not quite as many as perhaps previously, but I think that's because schools have been so. Are getting busier and busier. Yeah, but I've had some lovely school visits. You know, visits from school kids. I've had them hokey pokey biscuits, enjoying the biscuits. I've even had them sort of trot through my house, and then somebody ran up. Two or three of them ran upstairs, and I heard them bounce on my bed. And I thought, <laughs> great, they'll be able to go and say we bounced on the author's bed. <laughs> That's a great story too. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so that's kind fun. of you. Oh no, I, I just love children. children. So I mean, they're always welcome. Oh, that's yeah. great, Dawn. I wanted to know what kind of questions they ask you. You know, like do they actually, so they email you? Yes, or? the question page perhaps doesn't get as much traffic as as I would like. We, I certainly get some. I think some of the questions that come through there have probably been filtered by adults, so they're a little bit less confronting. Um, but but interesting questions. But the most interesting questions, I think, come from the children 
in the schools when I visit and they, you know, they've always got questions and they ask all sorts of interesting questions like where I live, they're interested in my cat, my husband, all those things, where I work and I tell them the story that I work at home in my little studio and I've got the best job in the world because I can go to work in my pajamas. <laughs> so they quite like that idea. They ask my favourite foods um, and here, here we go. They always ask how old I am. Oh. oh, it's really funny. And when in Christchurch, I tell them, in Christchurch, I told them how I, old I was and there was sort of a moment silent. And then the whole group of, the whole hall full of children clapped. And I thought, oh, are they clapped because I'm still alive? <laughs> <laughs> are they celebrating maturity? <laughs> or um, is it just a shock reaction? I don't know. But anyway, you they never, all clapped. Oh, you never lovely. found out. But yeah, it was it was a, they were celebrating. Yes, of course you, they were. And your, and your work. And yes. That's so and they always ask how much money I make. They're very interested in, in, in the, how much money an author can make. They, you can see them just sort of doing the calculations and thinking... Is it worth it to keep on with all these language skills? <laughs> yeah, forward thinking, forward yes, planning. Yeah. Oh, good on them. So a lot of fun. But they ask things about, you know, where I get my ideas from, um, how many books have I written, all those sorts of questions. How many books have you written, by the way? Can, I think there's a, about 200, 230 readers and educational scripts, and I think... I think Tui is number 30 in the picture books. Wow. Yes, well done. I feel like applauding like the children. <laughs> that's, that's extraordinary. It's and, wonderful, um, isn't it? I'm, yeah. just, I'm very, very fortunate. Very fortunate. Yeah, that's, I'm so pleased you're up in Auckland for a celebration because that's a lot to celebrate. It's great there. fun, yes. Um, I, I guess we have to, um, as we start winding down the, our chat, I wish we could keep chatting, but... Um, what uh, following all the celebrations and um, the success of I Need a New Bum, uh, what's next? I mean, is the Scottish granny going to have something else to giggle over? Well, Are you she, allowed to say? She, she may do. She may do. There's something in process that, that she might like. But, of course, that's up to her if she reads what she reads. So we can't make any promises there. <laughs> and um, I have something really special coming out in April. It's a story called Coming Home, and it's a a personal journey story of um, Mrs. Pat Brown from Nelson, who was a child migrant shipped out here in 1951. It is probably my my most the most important work that I've ever done. Uh, it's been a labour of love, and Pat and I have communicated. All, along the way to such an extent that I've now got an, a lovely new friend in Pat. She has sent me photos. Um, it, yes, ship it, the ship's menu, um, all sorts of treasures she's entrusted me with. So I am completely honoured about, about this new book. Uh, I chose to write it as a picture book because I thought it would have a wider audience and it's a story that needs to be told. Wow. I, I'm quite overwhelmed. We might be able to yes, hear. Yes, mm. yes. And um, so is, how did you meet Pat? And is, is, you know, we have that term, 10-pound pom. Is she, did she come over in New Zealand as uh, on No, the, she wasn't. No. No. It's, it's, these children were gathered up from um, orphanages, uh, children's homes, and 
families who were poor. Ah, I and see. Promised so the, this is a, pro- the parents. Yes, those that had parents, um, the parents were um, promised that the children would have a better life, um, and I think that's probably all I need to say because it didn't quote. Yes, it, it mm. wasn't an honourable thing at all. Okay, mm. right. So when is the book out? In, in April. Can we start reading mm. April. Mm. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Beautiful, how beautiful. Did you meet Ill- Pat? Oh, can I just mention oh, Trish Bowles, who has done the most beautiful paintings as illustrations. They're paintings. Wow. Mm. Oh, I'm looking forward to mm. this. And um, so, how did a I meet special story? How did I meet Pat? Well, I started with the idea of doing a story about um, the Polish immigrants, found out that one of our esteemed authors was already doing that, so I stepped sideways into the British migrants. Uh, I did some research to find out British migrants, found Pat's name but couldn't find her. Um, The journalist didn't know where she was either, but through a very strange coincidence of meeting somebody else, I found a contact for Pat and I wrote to her and then one night the phone rang and it was her. Oh, she said she wanted her story told for all this time, and the timing was right. The timing was and right. She'd found the right person to oh, tell it. It's just wonderful. Yeah. Well, we're looking forward to that. Thank, thank you, Louisa. And I do want to thank you, Dawn, for driving all the way from Tins to chat with us today. Oh, it's and been so an utter it. pleasure. Re- it really has. It's been great. Great. So come, come again any time. Yes, please. Um, I know you've got lots of books, to, stories to keep telling us that you can come in and chat to us about. And I was just thinking while you were saying that, um, you know, how much you miss teaching and how much you enjoyed it. So, um, and, um, as a mother of two boys, I really appreciate hearing um, teachers saying that, you know, how what a special career it really is. Oh, so thank a, you. It's an amazing career. But you're still in it, aren't you? I, I am, mean, you're, yes. You're providing that content for teachers and parents. And so that's a lot to celebrate. So well done. Thank and you. well done on the success of your books. And we hope to see you again. Thank you, Louisa. Thank you very much. This program was brought to you by Auckland Libraries. Find us online at aucklandlibraries.govt.nz and catch the program next Sunday at 9.35pm on 104.6 FM or anytime online at planetaudio.org.nz slash books and beyond. Every day, every day.